This is DJ Thomas, and you're listening to Frequency Interrupted. Nate Edwards, what's up, bro? Man, you know I'm in here just doing the thing, man. Dude, it's good to see you. It's been, uh, well, I don't think I've seen you. Shit, it's probably been two years. I don't know. It's been a while. That is true, man. Between the job switch, the B&I, like we're not, we ain't in there interfacing as much, and then the lockdown, it's just been a thing. Yeah, and you're, I mean, so at that point, last time we spoke, we were actually doing um, a Zoom show. I think, I want to say you were my first Zoom guest. That's right. I may be wrong, but I think you were. Um, and on that show, we, we talked a little bit about, at that point, every, the rave was home gym. You know what I mean? Like, everybody was trying to figure out where they could buy weights. There was a shortage of weights. Everyone was trying to work out. Yep. Didn't have any access to anything. But um, you work for the Department of Defense. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, man. How did you get in that position? Well, kind of by I don't, trial and error, to be honest with you. It was, uh, I realized that I had been training for a decade and that, you know, when you move to a new location, you start over with all new contacts, all everything. And so it was a rough go for a second. And then I started looking at the longevity of it of, okay, what is, what am I good at? Like, what, what am I good at? And so you just, you sit down and have a coming to Jesus moment and you say, all right, what is this thing? Am I doing this just to make money? Am I doing this? Like, what is this? So I sat down and just said, all right, what are we doing? So I, I went through all the things and I found out I'm just really good at helping people. Yeah. And that everything I've ever done that wasn't helping people failed every time. If I'm trying to, I was selling heavy equipment, lost a ton of money Okay, in the, uh, that flood in Baton Rouge, Yeah, washed out my entire inventory. Damn. And so I worked a whole quarter to get my inventory up for a friend of mine in Charleston that I was selling for. And the whole, the flood washed the entire thing away. So it was like divine intervention of somebody saying, look, that's not the way. Yeah. And I was struggle bus city, kept trying to like figure my niche. And as soon as I said, you know what? All right, what am I good at? Then the door opened and I went into the, the FBI selection process and that that door got shut to open this one. So I had an opportunity literally three days apart of re-engage with the selection process for the, for the, the federal government, FBI special agent, yeah. or go and serve the military as their health promotion coordinator. And so I said, well, same pay, same output of I get to serve the military and serve the United States of America to make them better. One, I know where I'm going to be, and I don't have to leave my family to go to Quantico. And the other one, I can be, my wife is, she's active duty. She's, she is at Barksdale. I don't have to leave my home base and I can still make that big impact. Yeah. So I looked at it and said, all right, 15,000 active duty independents. I can still make that footprint big. So if I touch them, they touch their family, their family touches their family. So we went from 15,000 to 150,000 people of imprint in like no yeah. time. So I was trying to see how big could I get that thing. So that's kind of where how it came about is I originally applied for that in Charleston, South Carolina in 2007, and I applied four times. Damn. And so, so I don't think that was the right time. I think I was too raw, too fresh, just didn't know. I had no no touch, no feel. Right. Too rough. <laughs> <laughs> so now when it revisited – you have the experience of dealing with children, dealing with elderly, dealing with military, knowing, just knowing the, like, how does this thing work? And then not from an athlete perspective, but from a person perspective of 
Okay, you can't move this way. Okay, you do have back injury. Okay, you have four kids. Because when you're 22 years old and bulletproof, yeah. you don't understand. No. And you break everybody mm-hmm. off, and if you puke, yeah, whatever. Oh, you don't do the rep, start over. <laughs> it, it's one of those mindsets. So it, um, it allowed me to take the skill set of the physical application combined with the life experience of the connectiveness, the emotional and the spiritual and the community aspect to lock it in and say, how do you improve the vehicle as a whole? instead of just the physical shell that we own. So how do you connect your person? How do you use your health to leverage both professionally? How do you become a better husband, wife? How do you become a better mother, father? How do you become a better serviceman? How do you become a better neighbor? You use that health as leverage to get you to those other things even better. So once I kind of unlocked that thing, I said, I got this, I get it, I know what's up. And so we took that thing and so instead of me being one-on-one, because I taught God himself one-on-one and yeah. not, not flinch, but a group of 10 or more made me nervous. And so I got over that real quick and figured out if I can talk to 500 right off the rip, now my voice just got magnified in the exact same amount of effort. So now the same information I would give to you, now 500 just got the same. Yeah, makes sense. So went from a technician to an educator. Okay. So it just opened some doors I didn't think would have been open. Well, yeah, I mean, it's something that's very interesting, but it's also, you know, the fact that you're – it's a it's a very unique position you're in now, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it literally mirrors what you were doing, but you're getting paid for it and also serving on multiple different levels. Correct. You know? So on the – on the national level, yeah. so matter of fact, on the world level, at this point, last year I educated for the for the entire Air Force, the big Air Force, on five different occasions and setting standards for the entire DOD of how do you do this thing. Yeah. So that was, I mean, talking about amazing to be able to say, yeah, Joe Schmo, Mr. Edwards from Barksdale Air Force Base, is here to teach everyone how to maximize the skin that they're in. Yeah. And so how do you, to me, it was very humbling. And then go down to, like, the national level of Barstow is the headquarters, four headquarters for Air Force installations of they call Global Strike. Yeah. So we are the headquarters. So establishing headquarters guidelines and excellence if we can get to that thing. And then going down to, like, the airmen, the airmen and their families. So I went from, like, huge level up to you're affecting millions and then all the way down to the youngest 18-year-old airman that I just talked to 32 of them at the, what they call first-term airman's course and teaching them the values of may, establish good health parameters now and good good mannerisms to just caring for people and yourself when you're 18. So when you're 38, you don't look back and say, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Yeah, I mean, and that's very interesting, too, because people have always said, you know, you know coming up, you see people like, oh, they were in the military. They have a bit more manners, you know what I mean? But what people don't talk about a lot is that, you know, physical fitness and health has diminished in society for the past 20, 30 years, and even in the military, right? Terrible. So I love every person. Yeah. But the idea of what is what is baseline and what is average is very poor. And so 
when I go to speak to them is very eye-opening because I tell all of, every airman, every and every mid-level or senior-level person that all of you guys that wear the green are professional athletes. And so they don't understand when I first say that, and you get this weird look on their face of, what do you mean I'm a professional athlete? No, I've never been an athlete my whole life. And I have to, I have to tell them, I said, okay, to you, what is a pro athlete? What is that? They're like, oh, they're great at X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I said, yep, valid point. But just because you don't catch a ball or you don't run down the field doesn't mean that your job you don't have to be excellent at, right? So a pro athlete to me is you have to be excellent at your job. And I'm talking about standalone subject matter expert. Otherwise, lives are at stake and mission is lost. Yeah. Number two, you have to be physically capable enough to not only carry that thing out, but react to certain situations and save lives. So you have to be able to move for an extended period of time fast. Take an object, drag, carry, lift over obstacles. Then you make a conscious decision of, okay, I need to be able to assess the scene. I have to be able to make good decisions while you're fatigued. If you cannot do that, you are not optimizing that professional athlete. And see, that's another thing that is never discussed, you know, because even people who may just want, you know, that may just lift weights or do something like a lot of people don't get into position where they have to make life changing decisions mm -hmm. while they're under duress. And that was where you have a single point of failure. Yeah. So there's a lot of now, and I don't disparage anyone that lives for aesthetic reasons. It looks amazing. Don't get it twisted. And it, it probably is much more joint friendly and it's going to be longevity. And it's, it's great, but here's the deal. So all bodybuilders that are listening, do not take offense to this. I love everybody. <laughs> and I think physical fitness is a pursuit for the long haul. So, but here's the deal is I'm going to give you the, the real deal of life. Always have some go with the show. I know a lot of people that look like a million bucks, but I'd never ask you to move a refrigerator with me. Yeah. So always have the go with the show. So whatever you present, it should be able to do the thing that it looks like. So if it looks like a gun and sounds like a gun, but ain't going to shoot anybody, that's a starter pistol <laughs> and that's non-usable. Yeah. So, and on the opposite end, power lifters, they can do all the stuff yeah. extra strong, but... They have no use for the long term because they're going to break down before it's even time. Yeah. And there's no stamina. So there's a sweet spot of if you train like an athlete, you will look like an athlete. Yeah. Because most people, if you look at a sprinter, most people would say, that's an awesome look. And that sprinter, it moves, they move with purpose. So there, that goes into that whole thing of how I brief people on the difference between a workout and a training session. Are you working out or are you training? So a lot of people don't know the difference between working out and training. So a workout is what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Training has a direct output. So if you go to the track and just say, oh, I feel like I'm a shoulder shrug, a 5K, yeah. it doesn't really matter what happens. But a training session is, I'm going to get 800 repeats in this time with this rest. So over time, you will guarantee yourself success. Yeah, I think that's a good point, too. And I think that it's always funny to me. Um, I used to be, you know, I was big into the bodybuilding scene as far as helping um, train people. And, yeah, um, and, and to, I've, I've never, that's I don't want to get, I don't want to get half naked and pose on, on stage. I would rather <laughs> I punch like people the train, in the face, though. you know what I mean? But I agree. But the funny thing was that people would be like, hey, what are you training today? I'm, li I'm like, I'm not. I'm just lifting weights. This is just lifting yep. weights. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's one of the ones where. Yeah. The verbiage matters. Yeah, it does. I agree. I think that I think I take offense to someone who says they're training if they're not training for something. Correct. You know what I mean? So Whether it's a competition 
life, you know, whatever. But if you tell me uh, I trained arms arms today, like, no, come on, man, no, like, did you? no, I did, um, you know, I mean, I did burpees, you know, <laughs> man killers. <laughs> ball throws you know you know stuff like that and i did it all you know for reps of you know one minute a piece okay then then okay okay you train you know what yeah. i mean like one of those things i agree I, I think that you know that stuff is thrown around so like loosely but there's something to say and look anyone can they can bullshit anybody but you if you walk into any type of gym or athletic you know facility whether it's a, a jiu-jitsu gym a boxing gym mm-hmm. a weightlifting gym mm-hmm. a crossfit gym yeah you can easily tell within five minutes who the hardest working motherfucker in that room is. Absolutely. <laughs> and they don't have to puff their chest. No, no. They don't, it's none of that. There's just a certain intensity. So mm-hmm. like some of the airmen will see me in the gym and go, whoa. It's, <laughs> it, there's a switch. Like there's a difference between Mr. Edwards like talking to you yeah. and then Nate who is training that truly training because when the veil goes over the face – you are there for a purpose. Yep. I'm not talking to you. I got a rest period. I'm looking at my watch. I'm smashing the set. I'm coming back. I'm doing my thing. I'm from thing to thing, thing to thing. When I get done, gasping for air, breathless, and like, man, hey, how you doing? You know, talking to them because now the training is done. Yeah. And that the box has been checked and that you've won the day. So the same goes for conditioning. I don't never use cardio because cardio to me is useless. Okay. So conditioning has a direct output as well yeah so even if you have a conditioning goal for the week you say okay i need to let's say it's 45 minutes conditioning a day and you're going to for a cumulative number of 375 minutes of conditioning for that day and so that conditioning could be on the rower on the stepper on the treadmill on the whatever but those minutes need to be met whatever that thing is it's a mindset of okay am i training or am i working out yeah because cardio could just be like watching the movie yeah that's right and that's not that's not output nah dude i mean especially if your body's used to it i've um i've heard this a lot and i've heard people say this i'm like well i got x amount of steps in today i'm like yeah your fucking body's used to that that's not cardio like it's not conditioning yeah you're used to it that's where like even just getting people in the headspace of being intentional with the words that they use when they're describing activities or talking about themselves that that to me, like I'm constantly trying to shape people into speaking things into life, yeah. As opposed to speaking things being small. Mm-hmm. So if you speak it into more, you can always back into that. Whereas if you limit where you're supposed to be, that's all you're going to go. It it it's a you paint yourself into a weird box. And so if you're only good at like gym stuff, or if you only look at it as the lens of buys tries back if you only look at it in the lens of you know five rounds for time mm-hmm. you may be missing the main component of this which is my tagline of all of life which is movement is medicine mm-hmm. and it doesn't say bodybuilding's medicine crossfit no. is medicine powerlifting is medicine it's just movements yeah. and so when you're move when you have movements that you know when you have the bend twist squat reach twist or um, lunge all of those human movements, if you can make a training program, complement the human movements, and you apply some intensity to it, and there's a plan in place, now you're training. Yeah. So when we're not training, 
it's not bad. You, we just have oh. to know what we're getting and yeah. not be frustrated if the results don't yield itself. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, that's why people, like, they'll reach a peak and plateau. Correct. You know, they, okay, maybe they did, okay, say you're a female who wanted to lose weight. You started getting into shape. You lost that weight. And now you're, you're like, oh, I can't get any further because you're doing the regimen that was hard as hell for you at the beginning, and now yes. it's easy. Yep. Well, you have to do something to make that harder. Yep. Like, I, some uh the funny point is you were talking about, you know, you know, actually tracking the numbers of what you're doing, you oh, know, yeah. looking at those things. So I started doing this, this, uh, like uh, someone challenged me online, some random person, or I saw him do it. I can't remember what it was. And like these 150 pushups a day, it's just like a random thing, but I'm okay. It don't, it's not, if you think about it, it's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but if you're not used to doing that every single day of your life, Bust well, now it. this month I'm at 200 pushups a day and I'm doing it, but I'm, you know, maybe next month I'll do something different, but I'm trying to add in different things to mix it up, you know? See, but you're training. Exactly. Because I'm, my body's not used to that. Yeah. I'm also still doing all my regular stuff, like working at, you know, like whether it's, you know, CrossFit in the garage or whether it's going yeah. to the actual gym and doing, you know, deadlifts and, and maybe I'm doing stationary work. Like, you know, just maybe I'm just doing back one day. You know Sometimes what I mean? You like you got to bro it out. Yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with broing it out though, too. Cause there's, there's seasons for it. Yeah. And depending on your goal. If it's a, let's say it's an athletic endeavor, like if you if you look at a 12-month program. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's not too many people that are going to plan their training for 12 months. No. But you could do it for 12 weeks. Yep. And so let's say you did month one, which is strength phase, and you say, okay, I'm going to do three to six reps, five sets of compound movements. We're going to do it in some accessory stuff for one month. Then the next month, you start bridging in some of the conditioning stuff, some of the bodybuilding stuff, some of the some, you know aesthetic things that are awesome. Then the the last month you're saying okay, I'm gonna keep one big lift per day, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna have two accessories, and then bro it out. So now you've peaked for 12 weeks, look awesome, go on your vacation, do your thing, and start the thing back over. Yeah. Maybe this time you're gonna go all right. I'm gonna have I'm gonna build my strength base, and I'm gonna do all CrossFit wads as okay. conditioning. That's the coolest thing. Is this stuff is to me is like Legos. Yeah, I think it's I think it's very interesting you bring bring that up too because most people you have these discussions with are dead set on what they've always done, and maybe they may see something on YouTube and oh I thought this new way to live and mm-hmm. try something different, mm-hmm. but still in tandem with their same regimen. Okay, yeah. but what's funny like you say these things is like I always find it so interesting that um I want to do a little bit of everything. Do it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think everyone should. I don't think you should just focus on one thing. Now, if you're doing something great, but I think overall health, wellness, like, I think it's very effective to do yoga. I think stretching is amazing. Most people in our position who lift heavy and do crazy shit do not stretch enough. Guilty as charged. Yeah, so am I. A lot of times I don't even stretch, you know? But I think that's a huge thing. I think yoga flexibility is important. Mm -hmm. I think that lifting heavy is important some days. I think lifting light is important some days. Some days. I think doing. You know, hit workouts is important someday. I think if you mix all that together, you literally have the perfect, you know, regimen, in my opinion. But sometimes that's hard because we get in our little you get in the routine. Ruts. Yeah. Or you see somebody that's really where you want to be. Yeah. And you go, well, they do this. Yep. Well, what people don't realize <laughs> is that person, number one, they got a couple decades yeah. of training in yeah. there. And number two, you don't know what kind of nutritional or supplementation that they are on mm-hmm. that you cannot maintain. Yeah. And so I used to think that Ryan Cohen's program was for me. I used to do 100-yard lunges. Yeah. I followed that whole thing. <laughs> and I didn't understand what kind of sauce Ronnie was yeah, going you off didn't of. Know, yeah, you didn't know. Fuel. Yeah. I just thought that Ronnie was the man yeah. and that 
you know, I'm 20 years old, so you're, yeah, well, running's doing lunges and lightweight, baby, and you're yelling yep. about it. Yep. And so you, once you mature through the thing is the coolest thing about this whole thing, and I catch this all the time, the confusion, because there's so much information, Yeah. is getting to know how the human body moves. And so it's not hard to do. There's only a couple ways you can move. If you have two arms, two legs, and a neck, we only move in certain ways, right? So if you can hinge at the waist, so it's just like going down picking something up. If you have some form of a squat, whether it's single leg or double leg, if you have a reach, if you have a twist, and then if you have a flexion, mm -hmm. so flex and an extension, I mean, there's really not a whole lot that we are doing. You can reach and twist, and you can kind of add things and put them, put them together. And you have a press out front, a press overhead, a pull up, pull down, and then a, a horizontal. There's really not a whole lot of movements. Now it's just imagination, rep scheme. And then how, how you want to apply it, heavy, light, whatever. But people getting to know, like, how does the body move? You can teach yourself all the things that you could get from, like, a beach body or, like, a YouTube or what, what have you. Yeah. If you just think, okay, well, how do I move and what do I need? And if you can encompass how do you move and what do you need, you don't really need the expertise of people if you can have, be your own expert because you know how you move and what yeah. you do but most people don't want to do that research oh, although it's right at our fingertips they still don't want Dude. to do it or they put the wall up immediately and just think it's too hard and they're not going to do the, you know do the work and you know what the, you know what they could do like if they're one of the ones where they're just a little bit uncomfortable a little intimidated yeah. you can seek out somebody that understands the movement and then say okay can you teach me how to move in all the planes so there's the buzzword of the day can you teach me to move in all the planes of movement and how I can create my own template? Because once you create the template, now it's plug and play for the rest yeah. of your life. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. And also, like, every single person's body, even though we all have the same movements, is a little different in how they respond. Age, injuries, wants, diet. needs, diet, yep. sleep, stress, yep. it all encompasses that. But the cool thing is if you have a template – then you can say, hmm, all right, cool, I feel like trash today. Yeah. I'm not going to lift for five reps. I'm going to do something for a minute. Yeah. And so it's a lighter weight for a minute, and you're doing your thing. And then sometimes it's good to just say, you know what, I'm just going to go for a walk because my body's not going to tolerate this. I don't have the bandwidth to, to even mess with this. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that it, all those variants matter. And if you're just looking at someone – and thinking you're going to achieve those results and you have no idea what the makeup is, what the blueprint is there, then there's no way. Now, you've also been a victim of quite a few injuries. A huge one just a while ago. I, I'm, I, was after I talked to you. Yeah. So, so I didn't dive into that, but I wanted to bring it up because everyone's always like, man, Nate, Nate goes hard. I'm like, yeah, he also goes too hard sometimes. But you're also really great at rehab. And so what's your insight on that? And what's the most recent injury, too? So I had a complete quadricep reconstruction. So every muscle and tendon just blew up. Yeah. And so I told this to a lady asked me this other day. And I said, well, well how did it happen? You're in such good shape. And you, how did oh, how? I said, well, when you ride the knife edge for 25 years – and you seek the highest level of performance that you can go with whatever genetics your mom and dad gave you. And you take that and you say, okay, I'm going to maximize every ounce of this thing. You're going to you're gonna teeter a little yeah. bit, and sometimes you fall off real hard. And in my case, I had to get my left clavicle cut off. So they call it a clavicular uh, decompression. 
because there was so much like the bones rubbing together Mm -hmm. because over years just heavy heavy lifting and then wrestling and fighting and all the other bs of never addressing injuries and never stretching yeah um, and so that you, they cut it off. They Maybe get me back going. Right <laughs> and then, um, so I, I did the math. Like when I was, I was laid up, I was laid up. Uh, I, I couldn't walk. So I have a big 14 inch scar under my knee all the way up to the middle of the quad. So they, they took my quadricep and reattached it and screwed it to my knee, all the tendons and muscles. Um, so I was, uh, I was out. That happened September the 15th of 2020 okay and then yeah september 15th of 2020 and they told me that i would i'd be lucky if i walked um, by christmas and so i take that as a direct challenge hell yeah (laughs) of course you do (laughs) so at thanksgiving this guy just said screw you crutches yeah good now was that the smartest maybe maybe not but once again if you know what machine that you own mm-hmm. you know how to maximize that thing and know okay when to back off when to push the gas pedal so i actually can run now which okay. is nuts to me going from what it was to what it is um can do all the movements i mean the range of motion is kind of mm, it's getting there where i have full range full range yeah 130 degrees which i would love to have like be able to touch my butt with my heel it's still not there yet yeah so it's um the reason that the injuries happened is only pushing the gas and never pushing the brake. So the recover, what I don't usually cover, recover, cover is the recovery aspect. Yeah. So you don't need to squat three days a week with double body weight. Yeah, I mean, just to be honest. But it's kind of like just because I could, I did. I, I understand. I do. I do the same thing. Because <laughs> you're like, well, if Superman has a cape, what's the point? Why yeah. aren't you using it? Yeah. And so, especially in the athletic thing, if I always had the idea of somebody somewhere is willing to suffer when I'm not. And so, there's no way you're ever not working me, ever. And so, what would happen is, I'd have two, three, four training sessions a day, because you would not outwork me. Mm -hmm. And so, when they close the door, there's no doubt in my head that I did more work than you. There's no way you're beating me. Yeah. And so even just that mental edge of, mm, you're in for a long night, sir, because there's no way that you put in more minutes under this crazy thing than I did. And there's a lot of people that doubt that when they get in there, oh, man, shape, oh, yeah. they do this. Nah, that was never a thing. I just paid for it on the back end. So the stretching thing, the the warming up. So the warming up is the most important thing that I never did. So really and truly, I tell everybody you should not lift a weight unless you're full sweat, full sweat. I agree. And breathless. I agree. And so if you're fully sweating and breathless, it's like warming up your vehicle and then you're ready to go. And the same thing applies right at the end. you got to ramp it down, stretch the thing out, and be done. Well, I've seen the same thing in in, in training and fighting years ago. Um, I can tell you in my early years, you know, my 18, 19 years old, first getting into it, and I walk right out of the gym, wrapped up, and let's go. Yep. You know what I mean? No, nothing. <clears throat> that last camp, you know, a couple years ago, I'm eight years past where I was kind of in my, you know, full fight mindset back then. Yeah. Um, I would stretch, get there 30 minutes early mm-hmm. and stretch. Mm-hmm. And also, once I got done, I would stretch. But I would be sweating my ass off by the time I got done stretching 
to the point where I'm already gasping for air. My heart rate's probably about 115, 120 that's before I even wrap these hands up. Yep, that's where you want to be. Yeah, and, and I, I realize the difference. Yep. I realize the difference in the effectiveness, the training, controlling my heart rate, mm-hmm. all those things. But you don't until – you. people can tell you all day long, but if what you're doing's quote, unquote, working for you, yeah. you're not really going to change until you see, you know, that you know this may work better. A lot True, of people, man. You know. And it's sad because when you're Superman, you don't hear anybody else. Yeah. Because who are they to tell you when you're doing the thing? Mm-hmm. So stupidly, you just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So I was the guy. I'd walk in that, right out of the truck. I'd come set my bag down 225 minimum on the bar. It's offensive if you had anything else. Oh. I'd just start cranking. <laughs> boom, boom. And like it was nothing just because you can. Dumb. Yeah. So now it's – it's even – you ever heard a guy, Matt Winning? Yeah. Okay, so winning warm-ups have been the savior of everything. Okay. So winning warm-ups is 400 reps of activity before you train. Man, it's a lot. So it's 25 reps mm-hmm. of something that you're terrible at. So usually, like if it's a pressing day, it's be tricep. And then you'd have an incline press and some kind of antagonist where you'd be pulling. And then you'd have some kind of standing abdominal. And you'd do that four times without stopping. So it's increasing your work rate. It's increasing your body temperature. And it's bringing up lagging body parts. So when you go to press, you're just fine. A lot of times people get hurt because they're not in shape enough to maintain that effort. So I didn't realize that until, like, listening to the dude's rational because I just thought he was nuts. But very, very smart guy. Well, so what's your take on, um, like, reps, four reps, four time? Like, everyone has, everyone seems to have a secret, and I think you'll be on the same level as me here. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's, what I think is it's, it depends on the application of the day and the machine. Mm-hmm. As far as the machine, I mean the body. Yep. But what is your, okay, so what's your normal workout? Of, okay, say so say this, if someone's listening or watching. Say we're working out back today. Say mm-hmm. we're just doing mainly lats, True. maybe integrating a little bit of lower back and some rear delt work. Mm-hmm. What are your workouts going to be? What's your regimen? Like, what's what's the layout going to be like that? What's the what's the outcome that you want? All right, let's just say we're operating eighty percent um, strength, and you're just doing it for maintenance and maybe growth. Oh, well, that's nothing. Okay. So it depends on depends on how advanced trainee too, mm-hmm. because if you're a newbie, everything works. Oh care. yeah. Okay. What yeah. you do? So some people like German volume training, ten by ten. Some people like modified five by ten, yeah. which is usually tolerated a little better by people because it's less soreness. Um, I'm a huge fan of timed. So no matter how you do it, either you get a lot of work or you don't. It's an auto-regulatory thing. So if you have a timed 60 seconds of effort and that you can either control the tempo on the way down or explosive or pause or whatever, but however many reps that you get in that 60 seconds is dependent on how you feel that day. Mm -hmm. So you're not a failure if you don't reach 12 reps. So if you're having an awesome day, you get 22 reps. If you're having a terrible day, you get six reps. A minute is a minute. It doesn't matter. It's tracking that minute. It allows you to have a bad day and not have a bad mental day. So you're not based off of, I didn't make my 12th rep. Yeah. doesn't matter. Gotcha. So that way, it's all about time under tension as far as time under intentional tension, I should say. Mm -hmm. So let's say that we have one minute of activity and you have three seconds on the negative. So four seconds per rep, you should get around 15 reps give or take but that four second that that four seconds uh rep is give you much more carryover to grow than 
one, two, three, four, yeah. five, because you just have more time under tension, more damage, more eccentric load, like that whole thing, you get bigger, faster. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to tear yourself up mentally because if you're in a bad day, you just don't do as many reps. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I've just never seen it approached that way. But, I mean, I agree because a lot of other <clears throat> a lot of other things we do, you know, athletic-wise is timed. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with reps. Because, really, you, I'd, I'd like people, like if anybody's listening there or watching, try it. Time out your set. See how long it takes. If 15 reps only takes you 22 seconds, you just missed 38 seconds. Yeah, you didn't work hard enough. See what I mean? You missed, <laughs> you missed 38 seconds. Well, I feel like 80% of people watching or listening are guilty of that. So it's very interesting you brought that up, and you're making me, like, think about my shit. Like, when I just talk, when I'm just thinking about, like, just lifting, you know, not other things. Uh-huh. You know, because a lot of stuff we do is timed, you know, or whatever. Yeah, dude. So you can switch it up. So that's the cool thing. Remember, I was talking about Legos. Yeah. So not only is the exercise interchangeable, mm-hmm. the rep scheme is interchangeable. The conditioning is interchangeable, whether it's single arm or double arm or twist or, or reach. It doesn't matter. Like, all that stuff can be just pushed and plugged. It, it's limitless. Yeah. So you could have a single-legged dumbbell reach with a row. You have just, you've just blown the whole matrix up. Yeah. Because you've accomplished so many things in one movement that could be done for 60 seconds. That now you completely have just checked what four boxes mm-hmm. out of the human movement thing without having to move within three feet. Yeah, and most people they only focus on two or three things and they never change it. Like, okay, say they're working out back. I'm only going to do rows, lat pull downs, pullovers, and possibly shrugs or deadlifts or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It exactly. never change that regimen and do it forever. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be real gym strong. Yeah. But you may not be able to apply that. Right. So that's where the goal with the show comes well, in. Well, it's funny, too, that you mentioned that, what you were saying earlier. Made me think about when we uh, last time we talked and we were stuck in the, the garage during quarantine. Yeah. All I had was some Bowflex weights, man. Like, all I could get my hands on. And I got in, um, I, I figured out how to modify and apply a lot of things mm-hmm. um, because you have to. I mean, it's like if you want to keep doing this. Um, you got to figure out what to do because you don't have a gym anymore. The right. gym makes it really easy, especially yes. if you have machines. It makes it really easy. Um, and when people say oh, that's, that's that's easy for you to say, no, it really does. No. Like if you take if you just take some weight sitting here on the ground with nothing else around, Let's there's go. only thing so many things you could do. You have to get creative. I know you're really good at that. And, the, and the, but if you take a full scale gym with all applications, all you have to do is just walk in there and put in a little bit of effort. Yeah? And when I walk into a gym, it's just like a kid's playground. Yeah. So you go. <laughs> I always oh. walk around and be like, oh, they got. Oh man, you know what my favorite is? They got the hammer strength. Uh, that hammer strength row machine. I yeah. love that thing. You don't Which see that one, much anymore. Vertical or horizontal? The, uh, the, oh man, it's the horizontal. The one, you know. With the chest supported? Yes. Yeah, that's my jam. But I love it. Because I don't even use that chest support. I lean back. Yeah, that's the arm, best. baby. <laughs> so, in it, there's another one. Oh, his name is Paul Carter, I think. Lift, run, bang. Yes. his Instagram. Where he goes into even more depth on the lower, lower lats. Where mm-hmm. if you push against the pad and sit down, ah. you can get the lower lat where you're supposed to be anyways. That's okay. pretty cool. The guy, I mean, I, I look at it how everybody's doing everything because yeah. it's just cool to me how everybody looks at the lens of, you know, how to shave that 1%. Mm-hmm. But what you were saying earlier, we were talking about breathing and, and, and slowing down and paying attention to all those things and, and for time. I notice when I come back in the gym, when gyms open back up, my application in the gym was different because I've been restricted so long that I caught myself like, 
I was doing lat pull downs. Like I just ran in there. I was like, God, I've been wanting to do some lat work. You know, I just grabbed lat pull downs and I noticed myself pulling slow and controlled and controlling Good. the tempo. Good. And I was like, holy shit. My entire mindset has shifted because I was restricted and I had to pay attention to things more yep. Yep. instead of just lazily walking in. It was there just doing it. And the other thing that it probably removes from you is that the alpha syndrome. Yeah. Because I don't, I'm guaranteeing you there's at least two people that are going to go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> where, where every one of us is probably guilty of it. You feel like somebody's watching you. So you go harder. Yeah. And you'll slap more weight on there than you mm. ever would because you're like, man, you finna beat me. Yeah. And you're in that not competition, but not competition. Mm -hmm. And like you can see they're mm -hmm. waiting on your set. You're like, yeah, I'm about to do 10 more pounds for this. Yeah. But when you're at your house, you ain't got that. Yep. So when you go back, the ego thing has been removed much safer and much better for you long term. You can focus on what you're doing. You ain't worried about what nobody's doing. You know that you're yeah, strong. I do. I think that's very, man, that's a really good point because I think so many people miss their potential because they're especially in the gym because they're worried about they think they need to do things like everyone else does yep. and they're literally missing the boat like i do some wild shit i know you do you do all kind of crazy shit like different modified things and you don't give a damn i do that stuff in the gym like and people are like why are you over there doing that i'm like it's right here and i can use it why not they're like Man, that's that's for bitches. I'm like, man, fuck you. Hey, you know what? If if I'm winning, I guess that's what I am. Yeah, it is what it is. You know what? And look, because if it goes against traditional thing and like they're oh, looking at you yeah. weird, so what? Oh yeah, I mean, so I agree. It's, but it took me a while to realize that. Mm -hmm. And my wife, when she couldn't find me in the gym when we were in Charleston, she'd see me. I was the only one that was doing something weird. She'd yeah, go, oh, there, that's <laughs> pushing a plate on the floor. See him go look where no one's using the equipment. That's where yeah, he's at over there, doing it backwards what it's supposed to be. So it, that's the cool part is, and to me, the the fitness thing. And I just told a lady this, and I, and I, I, I've never allowed her out. Great, great application of that right there is the the fitness arena is just a place of improvement. Yeah. And so she's a bigger lady, and she came in. She was having some issues, and I was talking to her, and that she was like, "Well, I'm just not comfortable, and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and that people are gonna poke fun at me, or they give weird like snickering." And I said, "You know, I used to cuss people out when I would see that, and I'd walk right up to them and I'd say, look, she belongs here. You don't.' Yeah. I said." You can get out mm -hmm. because this place is to make her better. You're just doing it to flex in front of the mirror for other dudes. Exactly. Because she's, I mean, she's about 270 pounds. Mm -hmm. And that that's why I like the fitness thing. If, if it takes such an effort for somebody that's bigger to get in there and then to feel made, to, to, to be made to feel less. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm talking about immediate fire in the yeah. belly. And you're like, nah, you can get out. Yep. So I love that that it's becoming more encouraged that they can go in and strength train and trying to be better. It's just now they just need to know what to do Yeah. and that to not care what anybody thinks because really it's your own personal journey of self-improvement. Everybody in there is trying to get better for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Some people are there to meet people. Some people are there to just to, just to escape reality. We've seen it all. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But for the vast majority, people are just trying to be a better version of themselves and so if I have any play in that, man, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's a very, that's very insightful too, because there's so many people that have probably achieved their goals or closer, way closer to they are, 
to them than other people in there. Yeah. And they look down upon people when they don't realize that they were that. that they that were that. Time. They were that. No matter, doesn't matter the shape or size, you were that where you, when you walked in here, you struggled. Yeah. Whether it be physically, mentally, or both. Mm-hmm. You were there at some point. This always that. starts with everyone. I started working out when I was 14 years old. I'm sure yeah. you, you started out early too. Yeah. yeah. But I struggled, you know? Yeah. And uh, so you, when I see stuff like that, like it pulls at my heartstrings, yeah. I'm going, you know what? I rem- I don't, it's not so far removed that I don't remember mm-hmm. that feeling of uncertainty and like not knowing, okay, is this right? Is it wrong? Who's looking at me? That, that whole thing. Or an injury. An injury bringing you back down, making you realize, shit, I'm not inhuman. More times than I can tell you. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> I think I added it with 17 of them. And these Seven, are these are major big, ones. Big, big yeah. ones. So I think I have five on the, no, seven on the left knee and five on the right knee. That's and then insane, dude. I think five or six on the shoulders, five or six on the back. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a thing. Yeah, I'm only like. Maybe one handful, but either way, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. But you know what? Every time I hurt myself, I've, I've told people, you don't know anything until you get hurt. Yeah. You don't know anything. Yeah. And that it, it, it changes you because now you're not so pompous about it and that you have to think of a different way. And so it opens another way that you're not told no. You just say, okay, that hurts. Don't do it. What doesn't hurt? Mm-hmm. Okay, I can do that. And then you find, oh, cool, well, I have two different ways and I can do it. When I'm healthy, I can do it that way and this way. And so, unfortunately, I had to break me so other people don't be, they're not broken. Yeah. So, it's, sometimes you got to do it, though. I was on the phone with a guy when I pulled up, when I seen the parking yeah. lot, and uh, he was saying, well, why would you try this? And I said, man, I've tried every dietary thing that has ever been, every training program that's ever been devised, because I can't advise if I ain't did it. Because I'm not the 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 bookworm type to where I'm just going to research and then advise you on something where I haven't touched it and lifted it and, and drank it. And I got to know. So when, when I see people being uncertain, I can assuredly tell them, look, this way is going to get you this, this way is going to get you that. You may not want to investigate this part, try this part because being injured and being lame, you learn a whole bunch about how not to do that again. Yeah. So sometimes the old, the old, scrag, scraggly gray hair beards, they know what's up. Oh yeah, I mean a lot of times they do, you know. And then a lot, they're like they just they've been doing the same thing forever. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. And that so three sets of ten, yeah, dude. The, oh my hey, god, three, three eight. It's National Bench Press Monday. You know what's up. I don't participate, bro. I, I, I haven't even laid on a flat bench since I detect, uh, detached this pec tendon. So how do you do cable work? Um, I do to dumbbells. I don't even touch. I, I love dumbbells. Um, I, I think I had to. I had, here's the thing. I never. I was that little meathead that always wanted to bench, and I was benching. Hell, I think I, I got up to like four thirty at one time. But I also detached it doing three eighty because I was fatigued, dehydrated, cutting about to start cutting weight for a fight. Should not have been lifting weights, much less lifting that heavy. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, just dumb. Just, you know, 22, 23. Uh, yeah. I was probably like 24 years old. Once dumb. again, you're not going to listen to nobody. Right. Anyways. No, hell no. And Yeah, anyways, it's like, yeah, I mean, I I learned when I had to rehab that year of downtime mm-hmm. to that I had to use dumbbells. Yep. I had to slowly ease back into it with 10-pound dumbbells. You're talking about embarrassing. You're talking about bringing you back down. Mm-hmm. Go sit on that bench in the gym in front of everyone and, and pull a 10-pound mm-hmm. and do incline press. Yep. You know what I mean? But 
it taught me something that at the end of the day, I can't lean on one side or the other harder because I have two different yeah. you know, two different pieces of weight here. Yeah, With a bar, you can mine something. Just like yeah. when someone squats and they may mine the right side yeah. or the left side or move the hip a little bit. Same thing with your chest, you know. Um, but I just – I'm a fan of dumbbells, man. I love I, them. Dumbbells and kettlebells have been a fan. Yeah. Because, now, granted, they're not everybody's cup of tea, and I get it. And it, they're very expensive, mm-hmm. especially kettlebells. Very, oh, yeah, very expensive. Dollar a weight, man. Um, and it sucks. But if you can get if you can get unilateral training, you'll have less injuries. And so unilateral training, I would I would tell people if you don't want to have back injuries, split squat. Yeah. You might not want a double leg squat. If you're not a competitive person and you're not like this crazy athlete moving forward, split squat will get you just as much. And so, yeah, if you're a bodybuilder, you want quad sweep and the whole deal, yeah. go leg press. Because they're not judging your ability to squat. No. <laughs> they, they're, they're judging your ability of development. Yeah. Right? So there's no ego with that thing. Mm-hmm. Just know the probability of you having a catastrophic injury cuts, is cut in half when you do it split. Yeah. So like dumbbell press, cut in half. Yeah. Because you can't handle but so much weight. Yep. And then even um, the trap bar versus the deadlift bar cut in okay. half. So spinal loading is 50% when you have a trap bar because you're neutral grip. Yeah. You're upright. Yeah, I notice you use that more on your deadlifts than you do regular. And I, I enjoy those too, um, but a lot of times I don't have access to it. I mean, that's the next thing I might add to the home gym, mm-hmm. but yeah. And that, that way, just getting to know, okay, remember, that goes back to knowing how that body moves. Mm-hmm. And so always remember for anybody, just for S and G's, is that if one, if you split an activity, you're going to be able to handle less weight, but there's also less load. And it's a carryover into what you're going to do. So a split squat is going to carry over into a run because I've never seen somebody bunny hop a run. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a single legged activity, right? Yeah. So single limbed is going to equal more output in the things that you want to do. Walking upstairs. Walking through your house, yeah. picking up groceries. like it, It's more usable things. So am I demonizing the squat? No. I think squat is great if you can master the singles. Yeah. So if you can master the singles, yeah, squat it up. But you got to have the stability before you get the strength. Yeah, I agree. I, I haven't even thought about it that way, which is really crazy because you have my wheels spinning, man. Like, you make me want to go work out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and my leader, I have so much shit to do. I'm like, damn, I wasn't going to work out this, this evening late, but it looks like I'm probably going to have to. <laughs> man, and that's just for me getting humbled is yeah, what no, it is. I, dude, I agree. And I think that – so here, here's my question. Favorite – okay, favorite lift. What's your favorite lift? I mean, across the – okay, let's that's do this. So okay, okay. Favorite leg workout. When I say a workout, I mean, like, just one set. Of one thing. Yeah, one thing. Walking lunges. Walk, oh, gonna, I love if, them. I hate them, gonna, and I love them. God. If you're going to have one thing to rule them all, yes. walking lunges. Dude, I, that, Because it just did exactly what I said. Single-limbed, traveling through space. Mm-hmm. And it barbell, kettlebell, front-loaded, back-loaded, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. You're going to get development in places that you're supposed to. And you're not going to get hurt doing walking lunges. It's not going to happen yeah. unless you smash your knee on the floor. Yeah. That, to me, is the best bang for your buck. Or sled pushes. Okay. Weighted sled pushes and sled drags. Or walking lunges. Those two, if you combine those two, you're winning every day. Yeah. Lunges are something I've never stopped. Um, I, then again, that injury, I doubled down. I couldn't hold weight, so I'd get the heaviest weighted vest I could do and put things on my shoulders. Yeah, dude. So, <laughs> and I was I was doing legs three times a week because I was like, I'm not losing 
True. Everything. <laughs> True. And have you ever looked at the knees over toes guy? Yeah. So backward sled drags, mm-hmm. huge yeah. improvement. And I didn't ever thought about it. I've done them, but I didn't really put stake into them. So I've done them, and now that I do them all the time, that the leg healed faster. So you're doing like high output or just slow and controlled? I do half mile, man. Okay. Half a mile. Take a tire, mm-hmm. it's, which is free. You go to any tire place, they'll give them to you for free, yep. right? And so you can go online, DIY tire sled. You get a tire. You have a piece of wood, one of those little bits with the, the eyelet in there. Mm-hmm. Back it in there. Put it on the, on the back end. You have a DIY sled drag for nothing. And so dragging that thing backwards for half a mile, most days of the week, it is it will change your whole life. What's your What do your neighbors think when you do yeah, all I'm this? Shit? <laughs> Dude, every every place, my wife has never parked her car in a garage. For it never, there's hey, yeah, there's I, never been yeah. a car in the garage. I, hey, I agree. I don't use the garage. It's it's, it's for weights. And it is for self improvement. Yeah. That is my self improvement area because my man cave got taken over. Yeah. Right. So at kid number two, man cave went away. Yep. It was a man lounge. <laughs> it had a refrigerator up there, movie theater. Like it was the, that was the thing. Yeah. The room above the garage because usually most people use that thing. Right. So the room above the garage was a man lounge. But when you had baby number two. You can't be selfish. Like yeah. that turns into like okay, the playroom. Like all right, cool. So I got relegated to the garage. So I said, well, all right, I gotta have somewhere to do something. So all right, cool. I'm getting my own training stuff at my house. I'm throwing down. This happened in like 2012 or 2013 when I first started doing yeah. the whole thing. Paid a bunch of money. About killed my truck. I I got the full <laughs> squat rack. You know, transported it from Columbia to Charleston. And then um, set it up, and it's been crazy ever since. Atlas stones and all kind of weird stuff. Oh, I know. But the neighbors, <laughs> at first, they look at you like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And then now, every time they talk to you, they, they allow, they'll Facebook message me or something. They say, hey, man, are you still causing trouble in the neighborhood like you were? Because <laughs> they just know it's a thing. Yeah. So it could be 9 o'clock at night. It could be 7 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter. If you see the garage open, I'm probably throwing down. Mm-hmm. Because you got to, if somebody was poking fun at me yesterday, I did 10,000 meters on the rower. And then um, that was a thing, by the way. So <laughs> somebody's po- poking fun at me. And they said, oh, I see you trying to be healthy. I said, man, if the day ends in Y, there's work to do. Yeah. So the whole thing of movement is medicine. If you're intentionally uncomfortable and you're trying to produce work that's going to make you better, always and forever you will be successful. Somebody somewhere is going to benefit from you doing that. Whether or not I have to save somebody from a fire or if I just live till I'm 85 and I'm in excellent health and I just take a nap and I don't come back, whatever that is, somebody somewhere is going to benefit from doing work intentionally every day. No, I completely agree. You know, my <clears throat> the most annoying thing to me is when I tell people sometimes, and I, I, you've had to have run into this, when I, when I, I say things that are similar to that to someone – they're like, well, but you could get taken out by cancer at any. So what? I said, so kick it in the face at until least, I go out. At least I know that I tried the hardest I could with what I was given. Dude, I'm gonna kick cancer in the face until yeah, I go out. Exactly. And so I promise, me being in better physical condition, yeah. it makes me treat people better. It definitely helps with disease prevention, with cognitive ability, with just being creative it doesn't matter what you say anyone that is physically more capable as in physically better health is going to be more capable of doing whatever task you ask 
So they're going to not be sick as much. Mm -hmm. They're definitely going to move faster, be able to be more productive for longer, and that you're probably going to get a better product for the lifetime of that person. Mm -hmm. Whether they're an employee or a business owner or a spouse or whatever that is, being more physically prepared is the answer. So we have devolved over the last hundred years since ah, Industrial Revolution kind of time yeah. where we didn't have to farm and we didn't have to work hard and that things are automated and we have awesome technology and like well, I'm talking into something that is yeah, aiding this. Exactly. But when you don't place intentional work, the body is deconditioned and now you prime it for disease. And so with that comes lack of sleep and intestinal issues and depression and anxiety and cancer and Alzheimer's and all the things that are associated with not moving, not sleeping, and not eating things that had parents who grew out of the ground and had, had leaves. Oh, we got to talk about that for a minute. I agree. So what's your stance on diet overall? We talked about this on the last show a little yeah. bit, but since we're talking about all of this, we got a little bit of time left. Um, mm-hmm. In a nutshell, what would be your advice on that, you know, as far as diet? And, I, you know, I know everyone has different applications and what they what they say is the best way, which I think is complete bullshit because I think everyone's different. I'll tell you the, the, the long and short. We were made to eat things that were alive. Yeah. So it doesn't it's the canine teeth in our mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't have to have a heartbeat, but the sun had to give it its energy. Okay. So animals, plants, doesn't matter. We were made to eat things that were alive. If we weren't, we would be like vultures and eat things that are dead on the ground. We're just not meant to do that. So the closer it is to that thing, like walking around or like flourishing and having flowers on it, the better that you're going to be. So your body is geared towards using these things that were alive to transmit energy, to give you energy to do more good things. So the more plants that you get, so I just had a, I just listened to PhD the other day and that they went over gut biome diversity and it sounds really fancy. All that it is, is the health of your intestines in your colon. Yeah. Right. So you're, it's, it's, it is, it has been advocated that you have 30 different types of plants per week. And so that way you feed the different colonies that live on and in your body. Yeah. So really when we look at this, your body is bathed in bacteria and viruses, all weird stuff on the outside, right? And inside your colon is more bacterial colonies than you have human cells. So when they cracked the genetic code in the 90s, they were only focusing on human genetic code. And they said, oh, we're going to cure cancer, we're going to do everything. Yeah. But they didn't focus on the little critters on outside of you and inside of you that are responsible for 70% of your immune system. So we're not focusing on feeding the colonies, unfortunately. We're only focusing on feeding us. So when you focus on feeding the little critters, that is what increases your body's ability to be okay because we have a symbiotic relationship. They live on us, and they're responsible for us being okay. Yeah, they, That's what is lost in this whole thing. So what you got to focus on is not feeding us. you got to focus on feeding them. So fermented foods, different types of vegetables and meat that those things like. So those colonies, whatever they are, they like certain things. And so the more things that you feed them, the better your health gets because of that. Yeah. 
if you don't feed them that and they don't recognize processed food and they don't recognize things that are not supposed to be there, magically those colonies shrink and so does your health. So that, sense. that was a huge eye-opener for me. And this was two days ago. I'm not joking. Really? No shit. Two days ago. <clears throat> and I feel like I know a good bit about this. Two days ago, completely turned it on its head. And I went, I never thought about feeding the host. Yeah. Because truly, like we're, or excuse me, feeding feeding the passenger. Yeah. We, we just focus on feeding Feed the host. host. Yeah. So if you feed the passenger, the passenger helps the host. If you don't feed the passenger, the passenger kills the host. Yeah. So it's it's uh, when they say pH balance and flora and fauna and that whole thing. When you focus on, and I'm not a vegan by any means. I love animals. Me and me and deer meat get along extra well. Yeah, I mean, I love meat. And so just having a balance of variety of foods that were alive, and then eating things that were really close to being alive. So if you shot it, if it was eating acorns in a field. And that, that deer was sitting there, had no idea you were you were there, put the 308 right on him, mm-hmm. and then you had it processed, taken to your table, much, much better for you than the grain fat and stuff that you're going to get at Walmart yeah. or Sam's Club because that thing was eating those things that were feeding it's yep. my microbiome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what we've seen in the, you know, in the past you know few decades that when they started feeding these animals grain – that it resulted yeah, in you know you know worse scenarios for us than when they were grass fed. Yes, and you know? so yeah, granted that's way down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And people were like, well, of course, this, I mean, this yeah, guy's, I mean, yeah, this guy's hippie. No, oh, man. man, no, dude, it's it's but, it's all proven. This is not you know this is not something. This is not heebie-jeebie bullshit. You know what I mean? And so, granted, do I like Twinkies? Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> but here's the deal: is I always approach it like food versus fun. Yeah. Okay, food is things that are alive and going to feed those little critters that mm-hmm. we got we got rolling around. Now that makes complete sense to me. And so I'm learning every day. So if we feed in those things and having lots of food, where it's lean meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes, all that stuff. And then you have your fun, which is childhood memories yeah. of, you know, funnel cakes and all the yeah. stuff that is great. Just have more food than you have fun. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that you know, I tell everyone, I'm I'm kind of like I, I would I used to say eighty twenty, but now more like ninety ten. And like ten, ten's my outlet. It's just you know this tequila. Right hey, but look, but look at you know what? That's the point of being yeah. a human being. Yeah, is that you can enjoy something without abusing something. Yeah. So that's the biggest that's the biggest win that we have is that we create these things and you should enjoy them. It just shouldn't rule the roost. You just do it because you like it. Doesn't mean you rely on it. That's where you create these weird habits. So if you get in the habit of enhancing yourself both physically, nutritionally, and then you share with your neighbor, which is now it's a community outreach, it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole circle, man. So when you hear of holistic, I hate that word, yeah. man. But when you think of the whole thing as far as okay, how do I how do me, just me, two arms, two legs and a neck, how do I fuel myself correctly so I'm in the right headspace, the right frame. How do I output myself to where I'm fatigued enough to where I don't spin out and have anxious fits and I treat people wrong? How do I intentionally speak life into people and not be negative Nancy? And then how do I take all of these things and project those into the space of other people's lives to help them? Mm -hmm. That is where you win. It's taking personal accountability with yourself 
to say, I'm going to feed myself, I'm going to push myself, I'm going to speak good things to myself, and I'm going to give that to other people. And that's how you create a good community. The ecosphere of you is going to go out into the world, and when you bleed that out of your pores, they can't help but to say, I want that. Yeah. It, when, when I, I love it when I go into a room, you infect people. You cannot deny it because they can't hate you when you're, when you're trying to help them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, they you weed those out really quickly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's very interesting over the past, you know, as you get older and you get more aware and realize that you're not that important. No, dude. In the grand <laughs> scheme you change, of... The mindset in, changes. Dude, in the grand scheme of the, the whole life of whether you the universe, the whatever, yeah. whatever, the grand scheme of anything, I am nothing. Exactly. But what I can do is control my little nothing existence and make a positive change to maybe make a couple dominoes fall. Yeah. And so if I can control myself and say, I'm going to speak life into people and I'm going to increase my, my positive output so the way everybody around me is awesome, I guarantee you that ripple that I started Anywhere that I go, that ripple that I start is going to resonate everywhere. And so maybe I only touch 20,000 while I'm here. Yeah. Maybe that's all it is in the, in the Shreveport Bossier area. But then those 20,000 touch another 20,000, mm-hmm. touch another 100,000. That you're, wherever you go, somebody's go, wait, you're him? Can I talk to you real quick? Yeah. I heard about X, Y, and Z. And that's the whole thing of it's not about the notoriety. It has nothing to do with monetary. It's all about trying to do right by yourself to do right by others. And if you do right to yourself and do right by others, the money will always come. Yeah. You, if you don't chase dollars and you chase impact, I promise you that you will always have what you're chasing. Because your needs will be met just from helping others. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that... Y- it sounds cliche because people hear it all the time, but once you live it and once you become aware of the effectiveness or putting out positivity it and just realizing that only positivity comes back when you do that. Dude. You know what I mean? And not entertaining negative bullshit no. and trying to actually help people. And here's the deal. When the negative comes, you don't have to be confrontational about no. the negative. It's recognizing what space that they're operating mm-hmm. in and trying to help them with that space. Say, hey, I understand where you come from because you may actually understand it. You're like, look, this sucks. But how do we redirect to something better? I always just give someone a worse scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hey, man, always my be, solution. We could, be, we could be living third yeah, world. Yeah, exactly. Because right can, now... You, you, you oh, know you can wear... get in a vehicle and go and make your own money. Correct. You know what I mean? We live in the greatest country in the world. We do, and and but unfortunately, we're all spoiled. We take it for granted. You Dude. know, guilty as charged. You know, and COVID actually did me a solid, did me a real solid. Okay, it it made me go inward and realize what did I really value? What did I value? I, like I look at my kids and go, I cannot believe that. I, they are me. Yeah. I can't believe I made that thing. Mm-hmm. Even though it got on my ever-loving nerves. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about like one, pull your hair off. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade it because now you realize I don't need to hustle and bustle. I don't need to be worrying about, oh, you know, I got to go here, got to go there, got to go this, got to go that. The really, the most important things live within the four walls of your house. Yeah. And then the secondary ring would be like my mom, my sister my cousins and then the third would be my best friends i yeah. only have a couple 
And then after that would be acquaintances and work contacts. And then after that would be people that I just casually come into contact with. Yeah. But none of those other rings ever impede on my first ring because that little thing that I you call your house, you have direct influence over how great their life is or not. And you cannot let any of the other rings impede on your immediate one. Because I mean, if you let your family impede on there, wrong. Because you're creating your own little thing. Exactly. If your friends are impeding on there, wrong. Because they're not in the immediate realm. That's what I yeah. That's what I tell people anytime when they say something like that. Well, so and so so. I'm like, look, nope. they they're not there. They're not nope. there every day behind closed doors. Yep. They don't know. Yep. It's not. It's, it, they only know what they see from the outside. And, and at the end of the day, it's you're in control of all that. You yeah, are in control it. when you generate that output, and it. you. You know, you got to, it just is what it is. And that's the coolest thing about, like, once I had the, the inward experience of, okay, you know, we're isolated. You know, at first I was mad because I couldn't go do the restaurants. And I was mad. Yeah. I couldn't do, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. And I said, man, I sound just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I, I'm complaining right now. Yep. I'm not doing the thing. And so once you start doing the thing and say, okay, I'm going to make sure my wife and my kids are okay. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to take care of myself health-wise. And then once this ends... My plan of action to help others to get out of their funk too. So, my mom and my sister help them. Then my cousins and my best friends help them. And then my work family make sure that my ecosphere at work is awesome. And now when I go breathe people, I breathe life into them. And like this podcast is, I mean, I don't know any of these people, so they're on the far ring. Yeah. But that's not to say that they couldn't become exactly in the next ring because maybe they touch base and say, "Hey, love what you said. How do you feel about X, Y, and Z?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's how it happens. That's why I keep doing this. That's why we're sitting here. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, I wanted to have another conversation with you because there's so much shit to talk about. Dude. You know, <laughs> we can't cover it in one show. That's, we, the, you know, and that's the best is that, you know what, and being a uh, being a, uh, a people believer. Yeah. And I, I really believe that people, I don't care who you are, male, female, doesn't matter. People are looking for something to to reach for. And a lot of people don't have that answer. And I think that while they're looking out, all they have to really do is look in. Yeah. Because they have the answers. That's what counselors are for is to have you self-talk yourself to give you the answer. And that not to say they're not valuable because they are because they get you out of your own way. Yeah. So really and truly, when when you're quiet, it's the most valuable time. That's why I hunt and fish. I don't care if I catch anything whatsoever. If I see a deer, great. If I catch fish, awesome. But the the biggest thing that I take away from that is I get to be quiet mm-hmm. and I get to think, am I doing this okay? Am I doing this right? And that really when people are looking for something, they don't have to look very far. They have the answer and they know what they love. They're just maybe afraid to push the button. Most people are too caught up listening to the noise, man. And the, the Insta-famous yeah, people that. that you think that they're doing it so awesome. Yeah. Really and truly, they have the same conversation with themselves. They just don't post that out there. Yeah, we're all the same. We're all the same. Some of us are. Some of us are wound a little tighter than others. But every human being has that sense of that. I want to have community. Mm-hmm. I want to have purpose. I want to have. I want to give people around me a reason to stay around me. We're all geared the same way. It's just when we deny that part of us, that's when you start going well. You know what's wrong with me? Yeah, 
and you start seeking gurus and all kind of people <laughs> yeah. when really the answer is very simple is move like you mean it every day of your life and you should be red faced and hateful right number two you should go to sleep yeah right and so that's the most valuable thing I teach the airmen is the value of sleep and that's far more important than any physical or nutritional guidance that I give anyone is the fatigue management portion of you know what happens when you don't and then making sure you build yourself a good community that is not a bunch of yes men, mm-hmm. but people that will hold you in con- hold you accountable and say, no, screw you. You're being a jerk. You're being selfish. You're being whatever. And that they'll tell you, all right, you ain't right. They don't have to answer you in the manner that you want to, but those are the ones you're going to keep around. They love you to death, but they'll tell you when you're wrong. And then being able to take all of those, all of those variables and say, all right, how can I take this package and give it to the person that I care about the most and that give them the sounding board of, okay, yeah, you might not be right. I'm going to tell you. Well, McCull called me the other day. He's having a rough time. Yeah. And I was not afraid to tell him, said, look, here's, I love what you're doing, but here's where we got to go. And I love you to death, but you're wrong. And that we need to adjust by this amount of things. And so he said, you know what? Not until now would I ever even been able to hear that. Yeah. Because only now, after going inward, am I able to give back because I had to say, okay, what's wrong with me so I can help him? Because if you can't identify what's wrong with you and you got everything figured out, you might want to take the time out and say, all right, I, I'm a hot mess just like everybody else, but I'm a work in progress. Yeah, it's you have to be able to receive the message and you have to be ready. Yep. And nine times out of ten, most people aren't or they refuse to be ready to receive that. Yeah, man. And everyone needs to. Like, I mean... It, it, you need to hear stuff. Sometimes you need to hear it. You know what Dude, I mean? I, Somewhat, the, sometimes you have to call yourself out on your own bullshit. Sometimes you need to nudge for you to be able to call yourself out on your own bullshit. I want to win. No, don't get it twisted. I want to win everything. Yeah. I want to win more. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I want to win more than I want to breathe yeah, sometimes. I, I feel you. And that it's, there's a certain detest in my body of, like that, something about mediocre. Like it, it gives me. Mm. I bristle up the hair on the back of my it. neck. No, I can't stand it. But when somebody has told me, "Look, you've fallen short." Yeah, I didn't like hearing it. But then you go, "Okay, I got it." You get over your own self, and you go, "Okay, I got something to work for." Mm-hmm. And now all right, I'm gonna show you. Yeah. And now we get after it. And isn't it? Is it? It's interesting too that patience. When when you really recognize that if you're patient and really hyper-focused on what you're trying to get done, that more shit gets done. (laughs) Usually that happens when you're fearful. Yeah. So if you've ever lost a job and you have to find another one, I promise you, you have a sense of urgency you never had before. It'll get done. Or if your back is against the wall and you have to provide for the people you care about and this deal hinges on it, Mm -hmm. I promise you, you will find a way to close that loop. It's when we get comfortable and just... It's lukewarm. Yeah. Where nothing really happens and you're not really urgent and you don't really have to move. That's where most people live in that weird lukewarm they soup do. of That's like, well that's what they want. Like most people oh, are oh. are striving for that complacency. But then do, do, do you uh, think that, that that's what causes people's anxiety? Dude, I can't. Why, why do you think we're all anxious now? Why do you think there's all these problems? Because you are have gotten so comfortable that struggle Intention 
creates anxiety oh. because you haven't seen it. I love it. See, man, beat my ass. Rub me in the dirt. <laughs> cover me in mud. I love that shit, man. I you love know what, it. Do you know why, though? It's because out of the struggle comes, the, comes what you're looking for. Yeah, because it's you know, not the win. It's the it's the struggle and then getting over the struggle. So there's there's a thing that I that I try to tell people, like my business name, Grimeshine. Yeah. 365. Forever and ever. Forever it will be. Because... Comfort and change do not live in the same house. Yeah. They cannot. If you are comfortable, you need to assess your situation and that you will be lulled to sleep. And that you'll wake up 20 years from now and have one of those stupid midlife crises and say, why didn't someone tell me that I was just, just here? I wasn't optimal. I wasn't fired up. I was just lukewarm. I'd rather be hot or cold. You hate me, you love me. You don't have to be in the middle. Like, if you hate me, cool. Tell me why. Yeah. And All right, I'm going to try my best to change that so we can be great friends. But there has to be something burning in your life that you're passionate about. Like, I cannot tell you how fired up I am about going on the summer trip. I cannot tell you. We're going to see some some uh, national parks. Okay. Like Zion and, yeah. and um, oh, what's the other one? Bryce Canyon and all that. Yeah. I cannot tell you how fired up I am. Because <laughs> it's, it's nothing that I've ever done. Yeah. It's a different challenge. And it's just something to look forward to. Like when people don't have that, like how does life happen? I know it's, it's very interesting. It, it's so frustrating too. But we we do have to realize that everyone doesn't have this mindset. You know what I mean? But they can. They can, and they need to figure out how to access it. Because I feel like everyone needs a passion, and if they haven't found it yet, man, I'd love to help them. You know, you love to help them. That's one of the things. Like that's why we vibe so well. It's like. Once you find that passion, and a lot of people go through their whole life and never find it because they're too caught up, you know, focused on, you know, whatever it may be. Right in front of their nose. Yeah. And it's so, man, it's just so frustrating. So here's here's what I think. Everybody has it in them to find it. I think they got to have somebody to tell them they have permission to do it. Yeah. So they don't have to quit their job. They don't have to change who they are. They just have to figure out what do they like. And what gets them excited about doing something? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what that is. It could be you know, mentoring children. It could be going fishing. It could be pottery. I don't care what yeah. it is. It doesn't have to be physical in nature at all. No. But it has to fill your cup. Exactly. And gives you more than, okay, thank God it's Friday. Ah, man. Do you know? Cause Dude, Friday, I don't even want to go down this rabbit hole. Because Friday to me is great. Because it's a celebration. It's great. Yeah. It's You know why it's great to me? It's because I get to spend more time with people I care about. Mm-hmm. But what if you created an atmosphere where every day you got to spend more exactly. time with people? Exactly. Dude, so I, love, I love that you said, oh, my God. That's dude. where yes. you, everybody's <laughs> fire in their gut should be, how do I create the Friday feeling mm-hmm. daily? And so I'm trying my best. I'm scheming. My wife, if she was in there, she'd tell you straight up. I never stop trying to figure out how to make that Friday happen mm-hmm. because I I never sit still. I'm always trying to be like, hey, how do we how do we do this? How do I move this over here? How do I how do I go? Because I want that Friday feeling to be around the people I want to be around, be able to provide for them the way that they need to be provided for, and to not stress out and to live an awesome life because you get one time around this around this thing. That's it. So trying to find your Friday. That, that as direct challenge, if you see this direct challenge, <laughs> try to find your Friday. I used to say, what's your why? Yeah. But try to find your Friday. Most people are really excited about Friday. 
So if you're not in the career that you love, that's a Friday career, try to figure out what skill sets you'll need and slowly over time, like, okay, maybe you take a vocational course or mm-hmm. maybe you get a licensure or you you have a couple hours in the weekend that you go volunteer for a veterinary clinic, whatever it is. But find that Friday thing and then slowly over time, you can make that Friday thing your main thing if yeah. you can figure out how to connect the dots with the finances. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that is a continually evolving thing with me. And like, I love what I do, but do not ever get it twisted to think that I'm blind to the fact that there could be more Fridays yeah. and that like on the, on the side hustle side of things, I'm always thinking like, how can I impact lives while st- uh, double time? So while I'm on, while mm-hmm. I'm on base, yeah, I'm getting it. We're, we're going after it. But on the side of this, like, like we were talking about offline, um, training of the trainers yeah and helping the helpers because who helps the helpers no one so going through bumping your head for 15 20 almost 20 years now of the right ways to do it and the wrong ways to do it trying to come up with a platform to say hey trainer x y and z in boston massachusetts and phoenix arizona i know you have more access to things than i ever had but how are your client relations do they send your Christmas cards? Do you know their children? Do you know their dogs' names? Like, what, what are we doing? So building the relationship side of things and creating maybe a community of allied health professionals to say, look, we can elevate this thing, and there should be a standard. There shouldn't be a stigma of, well, you're a personal trainer, you like working out. Yeah. So you are a medical professional that is recognized just like a physical therapist, just like an occupational therapist, radiologist, that – you bridge the gaps of all those things. And I think that can be created. It's just trying to find the right avenue, trying to find the right audience, trying to find the right platform that if you create a standard operating procedure and that you'd have to have certain requisites to get in because if the ticket to the game is very expensive, you're only going to get the top ones to get That's in right. anyways. Yep. And so maybe we can figure something like that out. That one down the pipeline is my Friday. Okay. Because, I mean, that's a good Friday to have. Because right there, you've just established a whole industry that's needed, but is so muddied with things that are inappropriate and not equal. Yeah. Would be nice with those terms that you 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 definitely need to need to investigate that. So maybe you know if there's enough interest, I will gladly start putting pen to paper and see. All right. You know, how do we help people? How do we start an LLC? How do we get an S-Corp? How do you make sure that your clients are fulfilled and that they have things at their fingertips and that you're not babysitting them, but you're empowering them to do their own thing and that they come to you not because they have to, but because they want to. That's the that's the hook, line, and sinker. No, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's something that there's a need for that um, because the water, like you said, is muddy and um you cannot it should not be so easy to to care for people's lives yeah but <laughs> but also to like false represent someone else or, or like show them the wrong thing yep you know or teach them the wrong way correct to where over time it could be detrimental to their health mm-hmm. that should not be such an easy so so easily attainable mm-hmm. like it is now. That stuff needs to be, I agree, I think it should be put on a pedestal and not something that's, you know, cool to do. Because look at it like this. You've had lots of years of experience, right? Yeah. Where you would have, uh, let's say you have a title of personal trainer. Yeah. Or director of fitness, whatever, whatever they want to call you. Um, 
somebody that takes a six-week ABC course has the exact same title as you. Yeah. And so somebody just look in Google search, Instagram, Facebook, they have no idea. Yeah, if you just market yourself better than that person, you could be the choice. Yeah. And and that's a, that's scary. And so that's where I think that that would be such a cool lane yeah. to say, look, am I the end-all, be-all of everything? Absolutely not. I have every coach has coaches, mm -hmm. not just one, multiple that they pull from. I was just telling my Matt Winning, smart yeah. guy, but he has coaches, mm -hmm. and everybody in this kind of thing, any professional arena, has mentors and people that they look up to and pull things from and bounce ideas off of. So it would be, it probably would start off as a grassroots thing, and then say, okay, we have this thing that we like. Can you contribute to it? And so each one is going to have a different expertise and you could elevate the whole playing field to where there was tears to it. And there's nothing wrong with getting in a six week course. Absolutely nothing wrong. But you're at a different tier mm -hmm. than somebody that's been in it 20 years yeah. and that you've seen 40,000 people in 20 years. That's a different thing than four people in six months. Yeah, it is. So if you had the levels of expertise where you could start at six week and work towards the end goal, that's awesome to me. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I think it should be a thing. It should be a thing just like PT, just yeah, like just like nursing, yeah, just like medical school, just Correct. like a residency, yeah, just like um, what's the thing with the attorneys, um, associates. Paralegals, Paralegals and all that. Yeah, yeah, it should be a thing. Um, so, so you make you, partner and they're all excited. Exactly. You make a very valid point and there's a need for that and it's it's going to have to happen. Someone's going to have to do it. You might as well be that person. I, mean, <laughs> I guess we're saying it now. Yeah, I mean, it has to happen, dude. That's so, a really good point. There's a guy in South Carolina. He's, he uh, he started the, the South Carolina standard. It's a standard like that. So okay. I, I used to train with him. Good guy. I'm going to plug him. Defining moment fitness, I got you, man. Right. And so I plugged him. There's a, He's an awesome guy. And he's, he's starting uh, a South Carolina chapter of standard education. Yeah. And so I think that it should be each state and then national and then worldwide. You can do that, just like any certifying body. So now how it starts, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean all these other industries that we just mentioned started the same way. Yeah. Stuff started happening. They're like, oh, hold on. we got to regulate this and figure this out because it should not any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry can't just come on here and do this. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Legit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's maybe yeah. we have to have a Louisiana chapter, man. Because <laughs> you know no, what, I mean, people, you make a good poke, point, people poke fun and say, "Well, we're behind and we don't get anything until the West Coast gets it, and then the East Coast gets, it, and then we get it." But mm -hmm. if you cut the line and say, "Nah, we're good," well, it's different now, man. We we Technology. all have access to the same information. Yeah, it's not it's not like it was twenty mm -hmm. years ago. So so we can definitely the, make, you know what? Maybe we get offline and say, "What's up?" <laughs> well, look, dude, I, yeah, I think we can keep going on that. We're going to have to do another one of these. Yeah. But it was great to see. You got any last plugs you want to throw out? Well, no plugs, man. Just you guys find your Friday. Yeah. Find find your Friday. That That's is that that's the thing. If if you catch yourself getting caught up with, you know, the office cooler politics and being lame, <laughs> remove yourself from things that are going to bring you down. And surround yourself by people that want to see you win. If you're not around people that want to see you win every day, you need to start aligning yourself with people that want to want you to win as bad as they're winning. Because 
if you're winning, if somebody's winning alone, what is the point? Exactly. I want everybody to be going hard. <laughs> yes, and it's dude. not monetary. It's just life enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Usually you're going to be pretty successful monetarily if you have an awesome outlook on life. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're doing something you love, you just the money doesn't matter anyways. No. You know what I mean? Because you don't wake up chasing that. You wake up Fruits chasing the labor. Hey, dude. Because in long term, you will have much better outlook on what you did, mm-hmm. not what you made. Exactly. Because the house is a house. I agree, dude. Let's end on that. Nate Edwards, Grind to Shine 365. That's what we do. I love it, bro. I appreciate it today. Hey, man. Everyone, please subscribe to the podcast.